This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast... And I think it's really important that people have a personal vision for their life. It's something to aim at. A vision gives you something to say yes to, a filter that allows you to say yes to things. A vision gives you a filter for what to say no to. A vision gives you a filter for how to have priorities in life. A vision gives you something to measure. Uh, whether or not you are moving closer to where you want to be or further from where you want to be. Welcome back to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today Pastor Christian and I will be having a conversation about his recent message at Journey on a very special Sunday we host every January called Vision Sunday. Pastor Christian, can you uh, take a moment and explain how important it is for you that the church understands the vision of Journey and also how important it is that everyone has a personal vision for their life. Well, yeah, Proverbs says that without vision, people perish. Um, so so vision is important, right? We, we used to have a saying that hung in our college football locker room that says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So, you know, we want to have direction. How important is it for me that people understand the vision of our church? Not really important, to be honest with you. For me, it's much more important that people understand the vision of Jesus for their life. You know, we met this weekend a man named Levi in Capernaum, who was also named Matthew, who wrote the first gospel that we find in our New Testament. And in Matthew 22, he lays out the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Matthew 25, he lays out the great compassion that basically Christians help hurting people. And in Matthew 28, he lays out the great commission, which, you know, Christians go all over the world and make disciples of people teaching them about Jesus. It's far more important to me that our church understand Jesus' vision for their life than our church's vision or even mission statement. However, I do want people to know how our church accomplishes the great the great commandment, the great compassion, and the great commission. You know, our church exists to see people far from God become passionate Christians who make a difference in the world. Our church exists to fulfill the Great Commission, to go tell people about Jesus who don't know him. Our church exists to fulfill the Great Commandment, to help people love Jesus with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Our church exists to fulfill the Great Compassion, to help hurting people. And in that sense, it's important for me that our church understands not just the vision of our church, but the direction of our church this year. Here is how this year we want to help you love Jesus more deeply. Here is how this year... We want to serve our community better. Here is how this year we want to reach our community more, not because it's the vision of Journey, but it's the vision of Jesus. And here's how Journey is trying to fulfill that vision for Jesus. It's important to me that our church understands how we are trying to fulfill the mission of Jesus on a year-by-year basis. Uh, And I think it's really important that people have a personal vision for their life. It's something to aim at. A vision gives you something to say yes to, a filter that allows you to say yes to thing. A vision gives you a filter for what to say no to. A vision gives you a filter for how to have priorities in life. A vision gives you something to measure, uh, whether or not you are moving closer to where you want to be or further from where you want to be. So I, I think it's great that people have a vision for their life. And it's why Proverbs says, without vision, people perish. Um, and it's also why Jesus gives us such clear directions for the future. And like why Psalm 119 says that, you know, the word of God's a lamp into my feet. It's a light into my path. 
the Word of God helps me know the next step to take. It's it's a, it provides vision, uh, light into my path. The Word of God helps me know the direction that I'm supposed to be heading long term. So all those things are about having a vision and a direction for your life. Well, in this week's message, you walked us through Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26, where Jesus healed a paralyzed man that had been lowered through the roof of a house by his friends. Um, you hi- you highlighted three things in the story about vision. And, and the first one was this, that the ministry of Jesus often grew a crowd that couldn't be contained. Um, you've often said this, that our vision has never been, our vision as a church has never been to grow a big church here at Journey. Can you expand on that thought for just a moment and share with our podcast listeners how excited you are about the next step for us here at Journey? Well, sure. So I've been in ministry for 20 years. Uh, and a lot of that ministry in my 20s when I was young, when I was very, um, when I was achievement driven, when I was very measurement driven, um, I wanted to figure out how to how to have the biggest, most impu- impactful student ministry like in the city that I was ministering. So we would always sit around and say, how do we reach more people so we can grow a lot, a larger ministry and have more impact? That ministry left me feeling very empty, sitting around with ministry staff trying to figure out how to grow ministry rather than grow people leaves you very empty. And you can grow. I mean, you can grow a large crowd, but if you aren't growing people at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. So we said very specifically when we started our church that the word church is not even in our mission statement. Um, The mission that we're on is not to grow a church build a church, grow a bigger church. Our mission is all about people. It's all about individuals. Uh, And honestly, pouring into individuals the way we have has allowed us to attract a much larger crowd than we ever thought we would, than we ever prayed that we might, than we ever planned that we would, which is why God has had to do some extraordinary things, because I think our vision for how just focusing on individuals and how much God would bless that. I think our vision was too small, Um, but we like to sit around and figure out how we can grow people, um, not grow churches or grow crowds. But the reality is when people grow spiritually, a crowd gathers. I mean, it always happened in in the mission of Jesus. I love to, I love to talk to friends that say, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a part um, of a house church because I like to look at them and say, me too. Um, our started in, it. it just outgrew it. But I mean, we are a house church that's just gotten really, really big. Jesus was a part of a house church movement. But if you get enough people in the house that are growing spiritually, the house is not going to hold them anymore. So if you will focus on growing people, people, healthy spirit, people who are healthy spiritually, people who have a heart for others spiritually, will draw the crowd. You focus on people, people will draw the crowd because what Jesus is doing in people always doesn't just draw a crowd, draws a crowd larger than can be contained in anything that we could ever imagine building. Pastor Christian, you stated um, in your message that what God is doing with our property is a picture of what God wants to do in people. God wants to take new territory in our lives. And the the question is, will we allow him to do that or not? So uh, the question for you, Pastor Christian, is this. What areas of our life, if we allow God to take new territory in, will have the greatest potential for him to do something really special if we allow him? And then the second question is, is where have you been challenged to allow God to have a new territory in your life in 2019? Yeah, so there's there's a couple different 
areas that you know that just make up like a like a human soul right the mind the will the intellect and then you could say relationships um in the community that you're in so i feel like god's always wanting to take new territory in those areas and it's interesting to describe it as territory but the new testament tells us don't let satan have a foothold like don't let satan have territory in your life so the thought is god wants to continue to have more of you so i would say god god wants to take territory in an emotional area um, that's either spiritually immature or that is spiritually wounded. If you will allow God to have some territory in those areas emotionally in your life, that would be huge. Uh, I think God certainly wants time in, in just our physical day. Like he, he wants time in the morning, wants time in the afternoon. He wants time over lunch. God wants some territory on our calendar. Uh, I think God always wants territory in our relationships. He you know, he wants to step into our marriage or our parenting or our friendships or our greater family dynamic. Um, you know, the, all, all those are areas where God can have more territory. I think God wants to have more territory in our intellect. I think he wants to broaden our horizon of scripture and of doctrine and of truth so that we might have a more foundational worldview. I think God always wants to expand his His territory in our trust and our hope of him, all, all those are areas where God is wanting to work. Specifically for me, I go back to last week's message where we talked about those eight buckets, all right? And I've got a men's group that meets once a month, and we're on this kind of running text chain. Every time I give an application or a challenge in service, we all talk to each other about what we got out of it. Uh, and this week, I realized my my empty bucket is perseverance, because my bucket that's not overflowing is self-control. You'll have to listen to last week's message and last week's podcast for that to make a, a whole lot of sense to you. But for me, it's not physically flying off the handle. It's emotional self-control, which leads to a lack of emotional perseverance. And here's, here's what I mean by that. Uh, as a leader, I try to see every angle of every opportunity, the good and the bad. And sometimes I can fixate on the bad, right? I feel like it's my job sometimes to to protect us from making bad decisions that have bad consequences. But that can get my mind stuck on the negative side of things. So when things go wrong, immediately I worry. Immediately I lose hope. Uh, immediately I can have some anxiety. So in mo moment by moment, I don't have great emotional self-control. Um, not a lot of people can see it, but I might get worried quick. I might get stressed quick. And that leads me to not living in long-term seasons of hope, which is how I describe perseverance, is having a spirit of hope over an extended season, years, a couple of years, a decade. So I want to work more when when things go differently than I believe they're, they're going to. Um, I want to, in the moment, respond with hope and just think, God must... God must just have a different idea than I had for this. Um, John Maxwell says in a leadership journey, there are always more give up moments than go on moments. Um, and your leadership is measured by how quickly you give up versus how quickly you go on. And I want to be a leader that when I, when I have planned A, B, C, and then D happens or E happens, that instead of immediately emotionally thinking something's wrong, I want to just think, hey, God has something else. And instead of giving up, I want to go on. And I, I want to build some perseverance in my life. So I believe in me this year, God, God's trying to take some new territory in my hope, in my perseverance, in seeing things through a lens other than I understand. 
of setting my mind on things above, not on things here, of believing like Gabriel, the angel, told Mary, nothing is impossible with God. That's where I believe God is trying to take some new territory in my soul in 2019. Well, let's talk about observation number two from Luke chapter five, and it was this, the supernatural ministry of Jesus demands sacrifice. Um, the spiritual application from this was equally as powerful. Um, you stated the spiritual territory that God desires in our life this year will demand some type of sacrifice from us. If if we're going to allow God to take new territory in our lives, what potentially will we need to sacrifice? There's a lot. You might have to sacrifice a grudge you've been holding on to. You might have to let go of it, and you might have to forgive and move on. Um you might have to sacrifice your pride and tell someone you're struggling with something, you're addicted to something. Um, you might have to sacrifice um, some time in your life to get up and read the Bible or to stay up and read the Bible. Um, you might have to sacrifice a friendship. I was with a young couple two weeks ago who, when they really locked in for Jesus, they had to sacrifice most of their friendships because most of those friendships were not good for them spiritually. Uh, every time God says, I want more of you, there's some there's something that has to be left behind. It's an exchange. Uh, so there's always some kind of sacrifice. You might have to sacrifice financially. If you, you can't learn to trust God financially until you learn to give. Because until you give, you're not sacrificing. Until you're not until you're sacrificing, you're not trusting. So I mean, it's it you know it's it's all of those it's all of those areas. Um, but if you will be willing to sacrifice, you you will be able to grow. And I think you would agree, and maybe it's this thought: most people want spiritual breakthrough in their life, but they're unwilling to sacrifice. Most people want breakthrough in their life without wanting to sacrifice. I would like. To really get in shape this year without having to work out. You know, I would like to weigh what I weighed in college without having to give up all the food that I that I love. Um, I, I would love to go on the greatest vacations that I've ever gone on in my life. And still be able to have an emergency fund and money for retirement. Like everything we want to do demands some sacrifice. So we shouldn't act like God is unfair in saying, if you want to grow in this area, you have to give in this area. We do it in every area. God's the only person we treat like he's he's a bully. And that is the devil in us whispering in our ear, did God really say you can't eat from that tree? He's been whispering the same kind of tactic since the first human beings were here. But everyone sacrifices for anything that they want. It is, it's just a reality. Um, the only thing is it should be our joy spiritually. Because Scripture says if you love Jesus, His commands aren't burdensome. They're a joy to obey because of what He's done for you. Our response to what Jesus has done for us is to grow up and most of the time that demands sacrifice. Well, observation number three from Luke was this, that when God is moving and people are sacrificing, the kingdom of God is becoming greater in the hearts of people and in the life of a community. You know, Pastor Christian, in 2009, when God laid on your heart the vision for Journey, did you and Daniel ever imagine a day that the church would have the impact that it has? Um, yes. Yeah. Actually, more. Um 
I, I feel like we're just scratching the surface because I remember that day sitting in the basement of a church in Seoul, South Korea, when God didn't call me to start a church as much as he showed me what our church would be if I was just obedient. So the did I see the impact? Yes. And I think we're just scratching the surface. Did I see the church? No. Um, I think I knew what God wanted to use our church to do. Did I ever see the people, the amount of people doing five services on a Sunday, buying land, um, having, you know, new land almost miraculously given to us? No, I, I didn't see the church part of it, uh, which is good because if I did have, I probably would have said no. The sacrifice, we talk about sacrifice, the sacrifice has been more than I ever imagined. The miracles have been more than I ever um, could have imagined. Um, I saw the impact. I did not see the journey, pun intended, um, but it has been it has been greater than we could have imagined, and I, and I cannot wait. If the last seven years have been this good, I cannot wait to see what the, the next seven are going to be. Pastor Christian, last question for today. Is there a story or a recent, a recent story that stands out to you of how the movement of God and the sacrifice of the people had multiplying impact? Yeah, I mean, we just, we just discussed trying to come up with, you know, th- there are so many, right? So last week I was in the Dominican Republic. Um, I, I spent three days in the Dominican having an opportunity to meet with a pastor, dream with them about helping them build a children's building and children's addition on top of their church, uh, speaking at kind of a, a, a revival with hundreds of young baseball players and their parents and grandparents and people from the community. And, and one of the men that we were attached to in the Dominican, a guy by the name of o- O'Neill Joseph, uh, who played for the Atlanta Braves and now coaches at the Kansas City Royals Dominican Academy, um, down there is someone who I met um, years ago on a on a trip to Israel who has started watching Journey. I mean, at, like every Sunday, he and his wife, Noemi, and their little girl um, have church in Lee Summit from their home in the Dominican. Uh, that That's what I did last week, Sunday after church. Um, I took out a young couple who I'm going to marry in May just to talk about their wedding um, and the sister of the gal who I was talking with is a missionary in Panama who every Sunday is a part of Journey Church International from Panama, like the country of Panama. Um, and when I think of both of them, I, I think of Rod Kokendorfer. Rod is our production coordinator. Um, Rod was a guy who, who basically monitored the sound in a Sunday school class that I used to teach 12 years ago. And when he heard that I was starting a church, um, Rod would have never been somebody because he lives so far away. Um, Rod is 60. I think he's in his 60s now. He would have never been someone that I would have thought, hey, will you come help me start this young, loud church an hour away from where you live? But he called me and said, I'd like to hear about what you're doing. We went out to lunch at Applebee's in Stanley, um, Kansas, 151st and 69 Highway. And I just kind of unpacked the vision of here's what I believe God has called me to do. And he said, I want to help. And he, from the very first Sunday of our church, man, would show up at 5.36 a.m. to load in the lights, to load in the sound stuff, to set up lights, to hang stuff. Um, Eventually, he helped us figure out how to get a camera and how to record stuff. Um, And then he got more cameras. And when we built our church, 
He worked with our people to install more cameras and more televisions. Now he's on our ministry team. But I think back to that very first meeting that I had with Rod. I mean, I, I could walk to the booth we were setting in, kind of dreaming about this church and, and hearing a guy really who just at first said, I want to support you financially, and then said, gosh, I might come for a few weeks, and now runs a global ministry. I mean, he runs a booth in the back of our church that ministers to the world from a stage here in Lee Summit. And when I think about people like Rod, and there's hundreds of them, some of them left great, really established churches to come sit in our church when we had 50 people. Some of them left a church they could get to at 10 a.m. and be home by noon to leave their house at 5 a.m. and drive an hour to not get home until 1 p.m. Um, and they've given and they've served and they've sacrificed. This week in our in our annual ministry report, we'll release that over the last seven years, we've given away nearly $1.3 million to missions. We've taken nearly 300 people on mission trips. We've baptized 500. We've seen... 2,000 spiritual decisions. It has been unbelievable what God has done, but it's happened because one at a time, people like Rod Kokendorfer come and say, uh, I want to help. Um, and because of people like him, lots of people like him, people like O'Neill Joseph and his wife, Naomi, are part of Journey in the Dominican. Um, people like Emily Puckett um, and some of her English-speaking friends are part of our church every Sunday from Panama. And, and we won't meet most until we get to heaven that have been impacted by our church. Uh, but it, it's been an incredible ride, and I'm really excited for what God has for us this year. Well, we're celebrating, Pastor Christian, um, the past year of ministry at Journey, but we're really excited about the future year uh, coming up. So thank you for sharing with us. And we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. We continue to pray that this has been an incredible resource to you. Uh, please share this podcast with your friends, family, small group, co-workers. This just helps us get the word out, word out about this valuable resource. We'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.